Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me to kill me. Griff Carger said you were coming there. We have your border. I like those odds. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Forest Moon Radio, an X-Wing Miniatures podcast. Forest Moon Radio is a twice-monthly podcast talking about all things Star Wars, with a huge emphasis on the X-Wing board game. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Forest Moon Radio. I am Luke or known online as Lou the Lunatic, and I'm here with a couple of regulars and a special guest. Uh, we have Dave. Hey, everybody out there. How's it going? And we got Justice. Hello. And our special guest, Dan or Droid, however you want to say it. We, you said that we can call you Dan or Droid throughout the podcast, so I'm assuming yeah. that's okay. And uh, yeah. you're from the uh, the X-Wing Debrief. Why don't you... Um, Give us a little backstory where you started, um, or how you started playing X-Wing, what you do now on the stream. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Luke. Love to. Luke, like I said, I'm Dan. Call signs Droid, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, appreciate you having me on and hanging out with you guys. And uh, absolutely. always always good to talk to talk to other X-Wing players and whatnot. So uh, like you said, from the uh, from the X-wing debrief, which uh, we are another small streamer and uh, X-wing content creator, my uh, co-caster over there, uh, Jonathan, aka Nicole Lani, and I are both uh, military aviators by trade, and so um, we've been playing X-wing together for about five years now, and along with a, a group of other members of the military that we're good friends with and our Star Wars fans and whatnot. And so X-Wing Debrief came out of uh, both the passion for the game and uh, some of the stuff that we saw from the military aviation world that had some fun, not super serious, but fun applications over to uh, over to X-Wing. So uh, we started a blog initially um, just about some, some things and that concepts of how you can get better at the game and and whatnot, and just some ways of kind of looking at the game with military military aviation mindset. And so we started there uh, with the blog, and then uh, right around Jank Tank Open Time. For those of you who are familiar with that, last year towards the start of the pandemic, Fly Better put on a giant random Jank tournament, and we streamed about thirty games during that because we were also off from work <laughs> for like a lot of people were at the time. And so that's where I learned about you guys because Ryan was recommending your channel. Yeah, they were, uh, Fly Better was great and uh, was really supportive of us uh, streaming. And so we started streaming games there and we've sort of opened it up a little bit, uh, obviously, since then. But uh, primarily uh, the blog and then uh, weekly streams uh, when we can. Both our schedules have been pretty busy lately, but we're we're actually streaming right now (laughs) as well. So, yeah, so that's the X Wing Debrief uh, in a nutshell. you know, a link in the Discord or whatnot, but that's that's the background for us. Uh, I'm I've been in the military for about 11 years now, and uh, 
Star Wars fan for a lot longer than that. So uh, it's it's good. X Wing uh, was introduced to me but introduced to me by a couple uh, friends to include include Nicole Alani, uh over there, and loved it ever since. Spent far too much money initially <laughs> during 1.0 uh, after I I fell in love with it, and uh, yeah. So yeah, here I, am. I think we've all spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow, um, that's a it's like lot. it's like a little plastic crack, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, it is. Great. Um, I had an in-person game for the first time, like in over a year this past weekend. And I was going through all my stuff prior to it. And it's like, I bought a lot of stuff that I've never opened. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking I've, at it right now. I've noticed I have a whole shelf of like ships and stuff that I've bought like during the pandemic. Uh, I'm like, I should probably open those at some point, but haven't quite gotten there yet. I haven't opened anything since the fireball came out. And uh, oh. that's a lot of boxes. That's a lot of boxes and a lot of cards. Mm-hmm. A lot of cards just because I double sleeve everything. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, that's a lot of info there, Dan. Uh, it's almost like you had it written down. Maybe you should be hosting the episode. <laughs> Not at all. I just figured I'd give a little bit of background, but happy to uh, happy to get into whatever topics you you're guys definitely, want to talk about. You're definitely more organized with your thoughts than I am. That's Where sure. are y'all uh, based out of? So we're actually kind of spread out now. Uh, so right now I'm in, I'm on the Florida panhandle. Okay. Um, Nicole Lani is in the um, Washington, DC, Virginia area. Uh, and then a couple of our, our, the other guys that we play with that contribute to uh, X-Wing debrief are uh, ones in Florida uh, near where I'm at. And then another's up in uh, New England. Uh, we, we were all stationed together in Florida and then in New Mexico, but uh things change in the military so we've yep. all kind of spread out a little bit but uh yeah that's primarily where we're at right now i'm uh, about to move up near uh near nicolani actually so that'll be good get some in-person games back in case you don't know i'm down from uh louisiana I'm Love in louisiana it. spent a lot of time a lot of time in louisiana uh i've been stationed on the florida panhandle uh for like eight eight or nine of my like 11 years in the military so i uh, spent a lot of time kind of across the southeastern u.s Ever make it over here for any tournaments? Uh, I have had? not. Yeah. Uh, been in Louisiana for a lot of things, but not an X-Wing tournament okay. yet. So. Dave and I are up in uh, the Great White North. So that's been fun. It, it, it was just snowing the past couple of days. That's insane. <laughs> oh, wow. It was like 85 here, I think. So <laughs> a little different. So I was, I was actually going to uh, bring up um, something interesting that you guys do. You said that you guys like to talk about strategy. Um, and something that I thought was interesting was your Fog of War series. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the Fog of War. Yeah, so I, I went on for one of those. I tried to go on for a second one, but that ended up being canceled just for like a regular game, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, what, what made you guys just decide that you wanted to like just with her like regular players like anybody can sign up was it just um to get other people's opinion on strategy or do you just like just to see what any regular person kind of thinks of the game what was the thought behind the fog of war series yeah absolutely so the fog of war series is based off of uh the idea of getting better from your games and so one of the things that a lot of X-Wing streams have not really looked at, there's been a couple, uh, there's a really good series, and I'm forgetting who it was by now, but they 
like players talked through talked through what they were doing each round or whatnot. That that one only went, I think, for a few episodes. You you don't get a lot of insight into how players approach the game necessarily or or what their objectives are. And so uh, one of the things that we have on part of the blog is what is effectively a battle report, but we, we call it a debrief. And there's a kind of specific format in terms of looking at your games. And the Fog of War series that we do, both players know the opponent's list beforehand, um, you know, within a few days beforehand, uh, enough to be able to think about it a little bit, but not to, you know, get a bunch of games in and, and try to rig it and, you know, uh, or whatnot. So you see the other person's list and we have, we have the players develop objectives. And those objectives are like the things that they think that they need to achieve to win the, win that game, that matchup, if you will. And so the Fog of War series, we have each player's kind of like input for how they think they need to approach the game. And then throughout the, the game, we take a look back at those objectives and see how they're doing. And then at the end of the game, we talk to the players and, and see, um, you know, talk to them about the objectives that they got, uh, that they accomplished, that they didn't accomplish, and and how the results of the game went. And really, it was based on like a way to make the debrief format live a little bit and give people a little bit more of a kind of introspection into how they play and how they should approach the game. And frankly, like we started the like, you know, Nicole and I are far from expert players, and so we started the the blog is a way for us to organize our thoughts about the game as well. And so it's really to help everybody involved, help the viewers or whatnot, you know, learn kind of best practices for how to, how to approach the game, how to think about, you know, turn zero and I've got this matchup. How do I need to set the obstacles? How do I do need to set my placement? What's the win condition? How does, how do those win conditions change throughout the game? You know, oh, I just lost my, you know, 100-point ship or 115-point ship, Darth Vader. There you go. Uh, <laughs> what? How do I? How do I stay in the game, or how do I get back into it, or does that matter at this point in the game? So that's that's kind of where where it came from was to get people thinking about the game um, in a little more detail, kind of applying some of the concepts of both how to approach the game and then how to look at a game when it was done. And uh, and take something away from it without you know analyzing every single move, which is usually counterproductive. Yeah. So when I signed up for it, it was a little intimidating. Like I got to fill out these sheets. I got to make myself sound smart. I'm just an average player. What am I supposed to do? And then I kind of got into it, and it's like if you've played your list enough, or if you like a list enough, the the words kind of just start flowing, like and and how you want to approach uh, approach the game, and then you kind of. I think I made myself look smarter than what I was, but it it was a lot of fun. I I ended up playing Max uh, Maxime Cleric. I think is how you pronounce his last name. And yeah, Max is great, isn't he? <laughs> He's yeah, a great he was, great guy to play against. So I was playing my scum stress list against the Seppies, and I just uh, my my approach didn't quite work, but it was still a fun game. So yeah, even if uh, anybody listening, if you're uh, looking to improve your game or you want to just kind of put some strategies on paper and kind of put it to the test, just definitely check out the fog of war. That sounds yeah. like an amazing, like whole concept. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're always looking for people to, to play. We, we ran it a bunch fairly regularly for uh, a few months and then we've cooled off on it a little bit recently just to, you know, 
get some normal games in and mix up who who's able to jump back on but if anybody's interested we're you know happy to keep running it or honestly it's i mean it's really simple and none of the you know none of it is like just can only happen over on uh you know x-wing debrief like there's there's so many like just really it's just taking a look at the game and the matchup beforehand and thinking about how you how you approach that opponent i mean we all do it or hopefully are doing it you know when we put the ships down on the table but most of the time you don't have much time to think about it and so this is just a way to be able to think about the matchup a little bit more and then hopefully take something away and sometimes you think about it too much and don't uh, do the strategy that you thought all day about <laughs> right luke uh yeah <laughs> i had to play against him i thought about that like it was for the cut for one of the kybers oh and, and droid knows all about the five hmps now just so you yeah. know okay. oh yes very good well i was against that and it was a bad matchup i was flying my double fire sprays and all day i came up with a strategy and then when it came to execute i'm like no i'm not gonna do it with one of the ships and then i did it with the other and it ended very badly yeah, the, the five 180-degree arcs, we talked about this before, just super awesome, like, double-modded shots every turn against two ships that want to dodge arcs. It's not a good time. No. And you will pretty much always have your back turned turned to the board edge, so you can't get behind it, and yeah, it's gross. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I wanted to do something that I forgot to do last episode feel kind of bad for Sam that he didn't get to do it, but the Wikipedia deep dive. Dan, so what, what we do here, I just have you pick any faction. I think, I think that we've done Separatists and First Order, and, and yeah, we'll just say Separatists and First Order. Uh, but okay. pretty much I just uh, I just hit random in the Yasby here, and then the first pilot of those shows I try and research a little bit about it, some unknowns in X-Wing. I love it. That's such a great idea. Yeah, um, one week we got uh, someone who had like a paragraph. That was a fun one. <laughs> one week. <laughs> That's great. The uh, fun of randomization. I'm trying to remember who that was. Fair off. Was. That, was okay, so so we've done Empire, First Order, and Separatists. So. You can okay. pick whatever your favorite faction is, or you can pick another one that's not one of those ones. It's totally up to you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll mix it up a little bit. Uh, let's go Scum. Because I feel like there's a lot of good Wikipedia out there in the scum faction. All right. Well, this is fun. Uh, the first named pilot that came up is Talon Bane Cobra. Ooh, wonderful. He has a longer paragraph than before. The one I got is not that long at all. Click Legends. It's a little longer. All right. I'm posting it in the oh, I see. podcast here. <laughs> yeah, a little longer. <laughs> All right. I thought I thought this character would have pages and pages of lore. <laughs> hey, Dave, you're a scum guy. You want to read the paragraph there? I guess I can. I'll I'll read from legends or canon or both, maybe. Uh, yeah, let me start with legends both. here. Okay, then yeah, I'll start with legends. Uh, Talon Bane Cobra was a starfighter pilot and assassin who flew with the space forces of Black Sun during the Galactic Civil War. Circa 1 ABY, or sorry, uh, yeah, ABY, he flew a Kirax assault fighter and had earned the title of Ace. During the Battle of Tansari Point Station, Cobra was killed in the Lurid Iora Nebula by Leighton Ashera's forces working for the Kardas organization. Hmm. Oh, now we know if there's ever a match with 
late in Ashira versus Taliban, and Layton kills Taliban. It's thematic. Just bring me to a match. I always have a Layton. <laughs> and, uh, and if anybody tries to tell you that flying Taliban and he's not an ace, then you can bring up this wiki. He earned the title of ace. Yeah, you can shove it in their face. Yeah. If you uh, oh. if you continue the deep dive uh, <laughs> into the Battle of Tansari Point Station, you'll also see that Sarasu uh, was with Layton and trained the spacers. Yes. Uh, and helped lead to the defeat of Talonbane. So good stuff. That that article is actually like multiple paragraphs. It's amazing. Um, it's from Star Wars Galaxies, which was a. It wasn't the best Star Wars MMO. Oh, okay. It was an early 2000s Star Wars MMO. That's where we got ships like the... Um, Kirax, the M3A. A Tarani ship. Kimogila. Kimogila, yep. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about it, is that we got the Kimogila from it. And that's where yeah. we get the pilots. Sarasu, Layton, Talonbane. <laughs> so this is cool. According to Canon... He's an ace pilot who's part of the Black Sun Crime Syndicate and flew an M3A. So maybe we'll get a card pack where he'll be in an M3A. But I mean, we already had Gargore and all those cards, so I don't know if they'll re-go back into the Seek, but that's kind of cool. An I-5 Seek with Talonbane's ability would be insane. Interesting. That means I have to buy another Seek. (laughs) Because this came from Canon, the Star Wars X-Wings miniature game, Sea Rock Cruiser expansion, and Skull and Villainy conversion kit. Oh, neat. So that's actually Wait, considered canon? Yeah, and uh, and it's still canon in that he fought in the Battle of Tansari yeah. Station, and he was yeah. defeated, allowing smugglers to turn the title battle. No mention of Layton, though. So that's, Talon Bane but, but the only in sources they show is the X-Wing. Pack. Yeah, what does that mean? Reissued in an M3A interceptor expansion pack. The uh, Tansari Point veteran, like that's where they're oh. getting the information. Oh, not Talonbane. I see. Okay. Talonbane. So if you fly the Tansari Point veterans with Talonbane Cobra, it's very anti-thematic because they don't like each other. I mean, that would be interesting though, having Talonbane in an M3A. Yeah, it's kind of like how they put Wedge in an A-Wing, right? Just put put one of your heavy hitters in a smaller platform and see how... Do you have the, would he have the play. same ability? Yeah, well, Wedge has the same ability in the A-Wing. Yes, that's true. Man, he'd be oh, unkillable in range it's, 3. It's, um, it's restricted to primary only. But yeah, that's that's what we know about Talibane Cobra. Pretty neat. Great. I feel like he's my brother now. One of these days, we're going to hit on a character with like a lot of information, and it will it will be a good show segment. <laughs> it's still a great show segment. I love it. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, the ra- the randomness of it makes it fun. I mean, we did have uh, Watt Tambor the one day. That was a lot. That was yes. It wasn't much more than was it? Yeah, Watt had a lot because you know he's always he was featured in the Clone Wars. Yeah, he's in the TV shows and the movies. Like What's your favorite movie? episode with Watt Tambor in it. Uh, the big, the beginning of season seven <laughs> of the Clone Wars. Okay. <laughs> My favorite movie scene was when he got killed by Anakin. That's fair. Or Darth Vader. He was Darth Vader at the time. I don't remember that, so it never happened. <laughs> Watts alive. Um. So 
a tournament that happened this past weekend. Fortunately, I never saw any games, but it was the in the UK the the Firecast Cup. Did you see any of that, uh, Dan? Uh, actually, yeah, I was able to. Uh, so my kids like to wake up fairly early. So like you know most kids, which is very opposite of how I've always been, uh, like throughout my life. But we've made adjustments here uh, <laughs> in the in the droid household. So woke up a little bit early and I caught about three rounds or so on Saturday. And then I think the um, top four and final on uh, on Sunday. But it looked like a really, a really fun event uh, overall. Did it look like the meta was a lot different in the UK? Uh, it it did, actually. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm bringing up the... Um, the tabletop right now, but well, I uh, like the the list fortress. So I'll I'll repost it because we started talking a bunch of nonsense in the chat. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I I did think that the well yes and no. <laughs> so if you take a look through the top uh, sixteen cut, for those of you who haven't looked at the list fortress, you're gonna see a whole lot of Zam Django. Uh, yes. I, I think super unsurprisingly, um, the rest of the meta. I think more I think, of them. In the top yeah <laughs> yeah and so <laughs> there yeah it did it did pretty well you see lucas's is interesting my thing yes the composure on zam yes super interesting going lone wolf composure uh where the other the other variants went treacherous like, upgrades or treacherous is uh that's one of mine builds i do like treacherous a lot i mean just totally ignoring a damage is good yeah, so with with sort of a return to extended um, in large like single day events, obviously we've got Kyber going on now, which is its whole own different beast of a of a meta. Um, but uh, previous to that, the GSP events being very um, being hyperspace kind of focused the meta a lot, and you saw resistance completely disappear from play. A few lists kind of rose to the top. I was really surprised that there weren't more um, Ty V1s in this tournament, not even just in the cup, but just in the tournament. It was a very low or relatively low take rate. But you see resistance come back in because they got some of their pieces back. Uh, so really interesting resistance lists in the top 16, actually. I see 1v1. Christopher uh, Bankston, he has the, the Nash Swarm. With the Saber Squadron Aces disciplined, but then he's uh, as the fifth ship, he put Fifth Brother in there. Yeah, which which is uh, I, I really like that build with Fifth Brother is just it's such a feels bad. It's such a good ship for for the points. Like and and uh, all those um, interceptors in the in Fifth Brother, they're all I four, so that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I flew um, Nash with Sabers. And uh, Vermeil recently uh, for a, a Kyber game and and an XVT game actually and the that's a with discipline that's a really interesting uh, squad you just have to be super careful with the with the interceptors for with stress because uh, discipline won't do anything for you if you're stressed but outside of that it's it's really interesting and there I think overall the meta from Firecast. Um, was really diverse. I really like where the X Wing meta is right now. Um, I think we mm-hmm. saw a really diverse set of lists. Like the 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 other finalist list 
Andrew Oler's uh, list, which was Benthic Two Tubes with Leia and Perceptive Copilot, Garvin, Kyle Katarn um, with Generoso and Moldy Crow, and then Hera with Thread Tracers. Like that's one's just such a classic Rebel archetype, but really maximizes token sharing and and all that. Like just a really really fun and interesting list with some ships that we really haven't seen a lot of uh, recently. Um, just as a, as an example of how um, the meta is, you know, pretty wide open. Just, you know, scrolling through the list here, there's some really fun stuff. Um, yeah, it's really nice to see the new squadron packs doing work. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. But I, I'm actually finally looking into this and seeing how much resistance there is makes me happy that they're not, uh, that they're still doing really well. It's mostly the kind of the Josie list. Um, but we got lists like here with Kaz, like a loaded up Kaz with Lone Wolf R5, like really AC Kaz with, uh, Ermal Calvin, uh, Covenel, Jessica Pava, like some really interesting lists. Um, and then you have your, your regular Jess Pava, um, two X-Wing and then two pods list. Um. That's one of the more common ones. And that's what yeah. made it the top four. But it's it's really cool to see Resistance doing well because it's my favorite faction. So yeah, one of the uh, one of the four and twos in the tournament that did not make cut uh, due to MOV. But there's a three first order provocateur um, TBA list with snapshot and automated target priority, and a relatively loaded Lieutenant LaHughes who can work off of the um, FOPS um, locks, but that's an interesting one because the snapshot can clear the deplete. So if you take, if you go up and you take depletes um, from around where you lock focus or whatnot, um, as people move into you or you move and then they move into you, that snapshot can clear the deplete. They? Uh, they're initiative threes, okay, um, which so is which isn't a bad spot for you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so, or it could, I mean, it could be set up from around before also, but that snapshot with the deplete goes down to one die, but then you get the automated target priority um, calculate from that shot, and then you can use it during your engagement phase. It's a that's a really uh, clever build um, at a at a four and two. There's some really almost, just interesting stuff here. It almost reminds me of like the. The new Temen Swarm, where you can flip all your S foils, you you gain uh, your stress. So you have your red token like the TBAs, but then you you could take like a target lock as your main action and then get a get a calculate from the ability. So it's like a double mod with a calculate swarm. It's kind of neat. It's and it's like my Laden as well, where I put snapshot on Laden Nashara and. You know, you snapshot, you get, if you miss, you get an evade. And then you do, do your action as a focus. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, no so one's gonna, congr- yeah. Congratulations to Lucas for, um, I'm not sure if there's a different pronunciation. My name's Lucas. Yeah, so, it looks like Lucas. Yeah. That's just a really 
interesting spelling, and they have the cross through the L, so I'm not sure if that's a different pronunciation. Um, but congratulations. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, so that's kind of a good, a good segue, um, because kind of my next subject I wanted to go into here was the new packs and how they were influencing the meta at the moment, even if it's even if it's creating jank, like some of it can be yes. really good, especially some of the rebel combinations. To answer your question, insane. by the way, before we get into that, in, in some sections of Poland or in Russia, it's Lukash. But also in Poland, it's Wukash. Okay. With a W sound. Well, thank you for the possible corrections there. Sorry. It's just I like names. Yeah, well, it, it's the same like it, my name, like I'm half German, so my name in German, it has a a K instead of a C. Anyway, so yeah, my, my next um, kind of goal here was to talk about the the new squadron packs, the, the Empire, Scum, and Rebel. We talked about them a few times already going over the articles and stuff like that, but now we've actually seen them in the wild, what they can do. Uh, did you guys just want to explore the list that we created and kind of go from uh, there? Sure. Sure. Why not? Dave, did you put a, a list together for the... Um... Yes. I didn't put it together. I think actually maybe Atreides mentioned it. But uh, yeah, I played it a few times here. Actually in person. Okay, cool. Um... I got my wife to play once and then I played against... Uh, that hot AC AI. Uh, let's start with you then, Dave. Okay, why don't you just share it with us? Um, <laughs> if, if anybody has it on Yasby, feel free to drop it in the podcast. What list you put together in the podcast chat there? But uh, I'll put it together as he tells. Yeah, there's so. not a ton to it. So Fenrau naked, Osk with Zam, Oatki and Greedo. Then Kanan Jarrus and the Hawk with Moldy Crow and Protectorate Gleb. Oh, yes, that was... Um, One of you guys, Alex, I feel Alex, like, brought this up. Yeah, the Alex Metal list from the Aces tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah, anyways, it is a lot of fun. Although, I still need a bit of practice on getting Fen into the engagement with Kanan, but this is this this was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, boss hits pretty hard, so... Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, anyways, I, sorry. My my issue was though, uh, when I st- when I first started and and heard about the list, I w- I really wanted the Kanan, you know, to to work with Fen, but kind of started the you know Fen. I kind of play a little cagey with him, so I have to work on getting him into the engagement properly with Kanan. So what ended up happening is I used Kanan with Bosk a lot more. Which is also really good because you know Bosk only has the one green die. Uh, unfortunately, without Fen close by, Protector Gleb was kind of a hindrance more often than not. And Zam, I really like Zam, but I only really got to use it with. Uh, let me double check here. That you better mean business. Do you defend? Yeah, it was. I I uh, mostly used. You'd better mean business with him. And you had Zam on boss there. Oh, yeah, it's, Zam it's, crew on it's boss. It's a really good and scary list, especially the combinations with the new crew. It's just very good. Yeah, yeah and Gambit totally. allows allows your you know someone or yourself if you've got it to keep the uh, usually focus with this list. Always focus. I do. Where my intention was to actually always prop up Fen. It was mainly uh, Gamut and Kanan helping Bosk really. 
which was you know pretty good because again he can hit pretty hard especially with greedo awesome yeah that was a, a really fun list to watch especially and it definitely takes a lot of practice especially they're three very different ships so getting yeah. them all kind of just just stay together can be a bit of a challenge but well it was easy enough to get the uh the yv and the hawk to stay together but Kanan is just so fast and, and has to play a little cagier than the other two. He can't just hang around, you know? High risk, high reward. Which is always fun for me. Well, you, you love flying Finn, so... There we go. So we got to... See a couple of other lists here. Ooh. Yeah, I just I, I threw some stuff together. Um, I have a similar Empire list. Slightly different. Yeah, that's why I thought it would be theme. fun. Just everybody post their lists when we're talking about them and see how similar some of them are. And uh, see who's really who's really popular here. I see a lot of rebel. Oh, some scum. Dan, have you played any of the new stuff? Yeah, I have. So um, I'll talk through uh, one of the, one of the lists that I posted, and then a variant of it, uh, real quick. So I've mostly played um, with the imperial stuff, which I know have a couple other variants on here but i think and i'm not traditionally a rebel player but i think the a-wings are um really just they're well priced they add a lot to the faction like rz1s went from being uh out like jake was the ultimate support ship but outside of that they weren't there wasn't much there wasn't any real variety to them and whatnot all of a sudden rz1s are are like great and it's there's some strong pilot abilities in there. The initiative spread is better uh, now, and they've sort of unlocked the chassis. So the first one is a variant of Matt Carey's uh, list from, I believe the the Ace GSP Ace Championship. Yeah, he made top table. Um, yep. Yeah, it looks like the main difference is it's the X wing switch. Yep, and yeah. and Matt talked about this on on Fly Better to an extent, uh, which is why I'm going to talk through a couple of variants. But this is Luke with S foils, uh, Hera with proton rockets, Ahsoka with proton rockets, and then uh, Wedge Antilles in the A wing with Predator, and that comes to 199 points. His variant was at uh, 200 points and had a uh, Blue Squadron escort I2 um, X wing. In uh, instead of wedge, yeah, um, but difference between the two, yep, yeah, that's crazy. And you get two more initiative, yeah, exactly. So you get the two initiative wedge, uh, hits pretty similarly to unless you're in like even in a range one because of wedge's ability, hits pretty similarly to just like a a generic X wing, um, without anything additional. When you have a predator on there, too, that's gonna that's gonna help boost his offensive output a little bit and wedge provides a basically a decoy here if you're shooting wedge you're not shooting the three end game ships which are the other three and so um, you can run wedge at him it's only 37 points and it's not that big of a deal uh, hera and ahsoka work really well together and with luke hera specifically taking the evade action and pitching that to luke makes luke extremely survivable um with with his you know his ability makes it so that if you're rolling eyeballs you're probably not taking any damage really um but 
you're going to blank out at times. And so uh, Hera being able to pitch an evade over to Luke is is really, um, really helpful. And I'm posting a second one in right now. Um, nope, that was the wrong link. Uh, so I'll grab the new one. But uh, there's another variant that uh, really I've looked at for for Kyber Cup because Hera and uh, and Ahsoka have both been banned. Uh, so um, there's another variant that uh, uses vectored cannons. So vectored cannons, I think, is getting a little bit of a disservice right now. Um, yeah, I was going to mention is it is it uh, is it a yay or an a upgrade at the moment? Uh, so I think across the community, it's a nay upgrade. But I see trapped value in the ability to reposition in the uh, in the system phase. Um, I say the same thing about sensitive controls uh, for the Imperials. I think there's some trapped value there. It's not for it's not for every ship. It depends on your list build. But um, Will Hagwood is has talked about vectored cannons recently as well over on uh, Florida Man Plays X-Wing, actually, on their podcast. And I, I really think that there's there's some track value in vectored cannons. Now, there's some six Phoenix Squadron pilot, you know, Initiative 1, a- RZ-1 A-Wing lists with, like, munitions and hopeful and all this stuff. The one I've just posted is the uh, same archetype as, as what I just talked about, uh, Luke plus A-Wings. But this one is Luke uh, plus four A-Wings. And so... Uh, I have to get rid of Hera and uh, Ahsoka to get the points uh, for this, but it's Arvel with vectored cannons, Jake with ion missiles and vectored cannons, Sabine with vectored, and Derek Clivian uh, with vectored. And some of these ships can can change around. You can mix and match. This was really just to see how many A-wings I could fit with Luke uh, that were named. You can do the same thing with Phoenix Squadron pilots and bring missiles, uh, more missiles. Um, the vectored cannons really provides a lot of time on target too. And the argument against it is that it's in the systems phase. So now your opponent can can read, you know, what you're doing or whatnot. Uh, you're kind of already doing that if you don't have vectored cannons, right? Like, okay, he's only got a front arc. I know where he's going, or I think I know where he's going. So um, I, I don't it know that... It just gives you more utility. Honestly. Yeah, like, absolutely. You're going to miss vectored cannons in, in some circumstances, obviously, but... <laughs> Just be able to deke around an asteroid seems pretty good. Yeah, I I think so. And, um, you know, with a a systems phase boost, um, you know, for anybody who's played, you know, advanced sensors, um, like say advanced sensors Gurry or um, anything with supernatural reflexes, um, the difference between a, you know, a left and a right bank um, pre-maneuver and like a five straight, pretty pretty significant where you end up, and with the action options at the end of that as well. So uh, you can really change change where you're going pretty substantially with with these pre maneuver uh, actions or repositions. Now it's worse in the systems phase because then like then say advanced sensors uh, or supernatural, which is just you know, prior basically prior to maneuver, maneuvering, so you have the board state already for those. But I still think you know, for one point, there I think there's value here. Vectored cannons, if if you build it right, the the biggest limitation is that you can't mix and match, because um, you know, wedge doesn't really 
wedge and Sabine, even Sabine here. Uh, you want to have the front arc pointed at people for it, but at the end of the day, like if I can get a token and a shot, I may do that, you know, and turn the ability off for a little bit. So long story short, I, you know, I don't know that this is like, this is not a meta breaking list in any way, shape or form, but I think that there's value to vector cannons, which is why I wanted to, to discuss it a little bit. And the Luke and three or wedge and three A wings build has been pretty popular, but the fact that you're able to fit four seems like it could do some work. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting and it's worth worth putting on a table and seeing what happens. Very cool. And then um, it was pretty funny. You posted your link for the first your first rebel list that you talked about, and then the second one. It's pretty similar because it has hair and wedge in it. But um, uh, I took inspiration from. Ryan Tanizuski, he had a, a rebel list with like Cassian and Braylon and Janors and Jake, I believe. And it's pretty much getting a double modded shot with extra dice, just a, a super um, alpha strike. But uh, in this version, uh, Luke Skywalker is kind of the alpha striker. Janors, or so I got Janors with Moldy Crow, Hera with Proton Rockets, Luke Skywalker with S Foils, and just Wedge Naked in the A Wing. And uh, I think it it could do some work. What our uh, uh, Hera can help double mod Luke's attacks. Um, Jan just boosts Luke's. I mean, Luke's attacks are usually double modded anyway, but. Um, Hera can pretty much boost Wedge as well if if Wedge can get close enough with a three dice attack and negative agility on the opponent. Um, Jan can really do some work there, I think. And it's uh, and the A wings are pretty maneuverable, and this way they can deal a bit of extra punch as well. And Luke can be super survivable, like you said, with Hera's help. That's a really, I think fun and interesting build and leverages the I mean the rebel hawks I think have been underrated for a while and we're starting to see them come back in especially with Hera um, when we start to see how much action efficiency Hera can generate I think we see um, you know some some really interesting uses of the other the, uh, the other hawks now I think one of the crazy things now with Rebels is it used to be going through hoops like what do I add if I want to have a double modded Alpha Strike and the answer now is always just going to be just add Hera. Like you don't like oh am I going to do something crazy and have Garvin spend a focus so he can send his focus over here. Am I going to bring in a coordinator that doesn't hit as hard? With this, you could have four ships that can all hold their own, and like you don't, you're not bringing AP five for that coordinate, and then that's what thirty points AP five. Then he doesn't really deal out any damage, right? Yeah. And this <laughs> so, and you want to talk a real travesty? Is uh, it's uh, Fen, uh, Rebel Fen, at like fifty points right now when Hera exists. Like Hera is out there breathing. Uh, Ahsoka is out there, um, at 
less points than than um, Rebel Fan, and he's still he's still paying for his one point oh sins. The... Got to be honest, I forgot he was even in that faction. <laughs> yeah, he he exists. He's there. He's he's way too expensive. Anyway, I digress. Justin brought him to the store, Dave, and he won both his games with him. That was fun. Well, unfortunately, that was so long ago. Yeah, it was. But yeah, Fen can be very frustrating, but 50 points. I Wow. That's for a, for a shuttle or a little sheath of pee. That's just... It's because of 1.0. 1.0 Fen caused so much issues that it just like knee-jerked him too expensive. He'll, ha- he'll have his time again. Dengar got his time again. Like they, they eventually made the jump master good again, to some extent. Like it's it's totally, viable again. It's viable to put a toilet bowl on a list. See, for my rebel, I went completely different. Kind of. I have Hera because I'm deciding Hera or Y wing. Um, but I went. I like Netron Pollard. That whole uh, rotating is fun. And, you know, he fits perfectly with uh, selfless. So I have two B-Wings. One's Netron, one's just a Blade Squadron, both with selfless. And then Biggs. And then I did have a Y-Wing, and then I'm like, can I fit Hera? I can fit, and I fit Hera in there as well. With the A-Wings. You got, like, two really beefy B-Wings. You got Bigs. Bigs. I haven't Bigs seen Bigs in a long time. It, Bigs is it, fun. Yeah, it reminds me of the um, classic, like Wedge Garvin, Bigs, selfless X-wing or B-wing, um, kind of block jousting list, but yep. with a lot more tricks. And with Netrum, you can just decide to barrel roll and turn around. Yeah, and where are your tokens going to come from? Oh, look, Hera's over there. With And I put Vector Cannons because I figured Hera can use that in this list, since it's just her. Yeah, and if you playtest it, that's not something that you want. That's one point. You can take it off. Yep. Yeah. Neato. What did you uh... Did you? Um, so we we kind of went through our rebels here. Uh, did we want to slap or uh, talk about the kind of empire stuff that was was cooking up? I have a couple of lists here um, that I kind of just slapped together today. I that, like Nash. Yeah, that. I, People in the in the Twitch chat today on Hexile were just talking about it because I don't fly Empire at all. I see Nash is in both of your lists, Atreides. Yeah, well, one I noticed was the ruthless one, which I didn't like. Um, I like the sensitive control ones better with Nash and four bombers. Okay. Nash and a sword seems solid. And with Barrage Rocket Bombers, 
Yeah. 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 And we. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was just talking to Dr. Money Pants or, or Matt in the Twitch chat today, and he said, what about sensitive controls? And I said, what about them? <laughs> he said, they're just not getting talked about or used. So I think that they could um, do work just like the vector cannons can. But in some cases, they, with the parallel and the target lock actions, that just seems, especially with disciplined, that... Um, that definitely does a lot of work, I think. Yeah, and uh, actually, a, a recent blog post that, that we tossed over on ours uh, went over uh, some of, or basically went through the Empire faction a little bit and some of the new stuff. But um, I, I think that there's value in sensitive controls. Uh, everybody. So they released it at two points, and then there was like a day where the PDF changed to one, and uh, everybody had to get clarification that it was one or two, and they said, nope, it's actually two, we're going to correct it. And when it was at one point, everybody kind of looked at it for a second. And that one point bump up to two um, has cooled, I think, a lot of people off of sensitive controls. Um, again, I'll go back to what I said before. I think that the uh, systems phase reposition is really powerful. You have the ability to, if you're a higher initiative, so these are I-4s, you have the ability to to reposition in a unique way that allows you to block and then move, uh, you know, move beyond. It's similar to the ADA. The ADA reposition is more powerful because it's just a force spend and so you can do turnaround and their turnaround maneuvers force but or one of them is force spent expenditure but uh you're a little less limited in your dial with the ada after but sensitive controls i think is still very powerful and i think we'd see it more often at one point i actually think sensitive controls is better on uh silencers for first order um just because they have a little more health um to deal with but um, other than that, I mean, I, I, I like sensitive controls. Um, the first thing everybody's looking to put on their uh, ships in like a swarm or whatnot that was disciplined, because disciplined is stupid good um, at, at one point right now. And I just want to clarify something. I, I was uh, researching a little bit. The Nash ability and the disciplined ability, whatever ship dies can't also use disciplined the same turn that it dies. Uh, something about the timing. But uh, yep, yeah, it's all, when it, when another ship at uh, the discipline wording. Um, I think, and I, I made that mis mistake as well. Um, discipline reads after another friendly ship at range zero to three is destroyed. Um, so the ship dying can't use it. But your the great part about Nash is, you know, you just get to you get to bump up to whatever initiative and and shoot. So if you're being supported by Nash and an I-6 kills you, great, now I'm shooting at I-6 and my shot doesn't have to be back at that ship either. So now you can threaten initiative kills on ships in your opponent's list um, if they target you. So there, there's a lot of fun play with, with Nash. I think Nash is going to be popping up a lot here uh, in the meta. 
And the, the quick one that I slapped together with him was just the four Saber, Saber Squadrons with disciplined sensitive controls and then Nash with dis disciplined and sensitive controls. And that just brings you up to 195. So you got a five point bit there. Um, is there any other uh, Empire stuff that we were kind of looking at? We were just looking at Nash, right? I think. Yeah, Gideon um, has. So I, I don't have a list posted uh, for it right now, but I think Gideon we're going to see pop up a little more. Uh, Hexiles um, has streamed some games where some people have experimented with Gideon slipping into the I4, I5, like four to five ship, I4, I5, um, mostly four ship Imperial squads. And I think that there's a there's a great spot for it. For him in there, um, there's something with, I think, with um, like Death Rain or, you know, like lobbing concussion bombs to slip a card through to enable um, Gideon, at least at least at a, at a fun level. Um, I'm not sure if the points work out to, for it to be particularly competitive, but Gideon coming in and throwing a range one procket uh, because you've got damage in is super scary um so i think i think gideon could yeah, be so that, a really a, good ad it's a good reason why it went all the way up to 48 points just for the the extra red dice but um i mean that's a lot more points than a regular i4 so if you are sliding into a list it takes up a big chunk for and you have for, to be pretty careful because yeah you have uh, to be very careful you're not soon tier you can't token stack Yep, you're not token stacking, and you're not move. You're likely. I mean, there are lists that are. There are plenty of lists right now that are below I four or are at I four, but there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have matchups where you're not moving last. So uh, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Gideon's like a flanker necessarily, but I think you hold him back a little bit. Um, I think he's a. He's not an end game ship because he's at I four. You're unlikely to keep him around to end game, but I think like mid game is where he shines. Like the rest of your list engages. Maybe he's at range three, not the best shot for your opponent, and now he can get in and start really punching hard. Uh, you know, second, third, fourth um, turn of engagement. Uh, I think is where you where you want to fly him, but. He's a good piece. I don't know if he's, you know, at 48 points, we'll see if he's, if he makes a significant impact on the meta, but he's definitely interesting. I don't know. Have any of you guys flown Gideon much at all? No, I, I've just seen Sammy or uh, Netter fly him. Um, he has a, like you mentioned, the four ship list, the fifth brother, seventh sister, and Vermeil. Um, he usually had Darth Vader on Vermeil, I think. And you had to drop Darth Vader to to push that initiative or interceptor up to Gideon, and that's a that force point and that uh, Darth Vader ability. I think that's what really helps the list. And bringing, I know Gideon hits really hard, but you just got to be a lot more careful with all your ships. Um, it's not as much of a I keep saying this, like Alpha Strike list, when, especially when you have a, well, with Predator, you have a 50-point Interceptor. And the four-ship list, it's 
if that's supposed to be one of your main hitters, it can be really tough losing such a big piece like the Vader crew just to make it work. Yeah, I, I really liked um all the like he keeps he keeps switching at that spot. Um like he has his Vermeil and then his seventh sister and fifth brother. But that fourth spot just keeps changing. And I I'm looking forward to when he finds the kind of the perfect match. Uh, I know he had a tie brute in there for a little bit, and that was really fun. But yeah, just got to fly Gideon a lot differently, like you said. Um, so got a, a few more lists here that looks like were dropped. Uh, a couple Atreides, of nice was, scum lists. Yeah, what was the um, your your scum list here, Atreides? Oh, I posted it. Uh, we talked about this one a lot last time as an NPE. Um, it's my Kanan with Foresight, Protector, Gleb, Connernets, False Transponder Codes, Pylob, Cutthroat, Zam, Connernets, False Transponder Codes, Engine Upgrade, Moldy Crow, Captain Seavor with Snapshot, and Laden with Snapshot and Tractor Beam. Just using the new Kanan. This looks horrifying to play against. It is. <laughs> it, I love it. <laughs> people have quite often told me after playing this that it's the most unfun they've ever had in X. After listening to you last uh, episode, explain the like because again, I, I, what I said, what I said about the NPE is I would have sat down, not read read any of your cards, and been totally smashed by you. But if Dan, when you listen to him tell story about how he treats people playing this list it's just it's just gross uh i like <laughs> I, I i am super curious about about like i'm reading it and i'm like well so this looks like it doesn't matter if you ever attempt to take anything for uh, a token and you're gonna shoot people a lot of extra times and they're going to get ionized if they ever get behind you. And they're like the tokens are, and then you're going to try to kill something and you're going to roll less dice. Uh, That's the frustrating <laughs> part. Oh my goodness. It's, it's one of the more frustrating parts. And then I'll track you onto rocks. I'll. Gross. Laden, like. You're going to want to kill Laden because that tractor beam is aggravating and the snapshot's aggravating. But you can't kill Layden a lot of the time because I will have tokens. You know, snapshot Layden is a win-win. Either I do damage with my snapshot or I get an evade. Yeah, uh, it's it's called having a control list. It has its tricks, and you just um, if you're going against a total noob that's not doesn't know what's going on, then it's gonna be really unfortunate for them. But even someone who does know, that's the thing with this is like it's you don't yeah, get tokens. You gotta you gotta learn on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Cut through if you, if you don't know how to have the ships to to deal with it too. It is a matchup dependent thing. It is. Swarms I you know, I pray to the dice gods when I'm playing against swarms. Um it won't do well against droids, really, uh, because Polyp can't seal calculates. Yeah, I feel uh, like uh, I feel like 
low ship counts, you just prey on with this yeah. because you just you they can't do anything. They can't do like anything less than probably four, but even three, like definitely three ships. Anything three or less, or maybe four, just gets just will never be able to put damage through. And you have to engage it in like the perfect manner if you have, you know, three to four. Like, you better hope every ship can shoot. Because this is also about, like, you don't want to get close to Palab, but if you don't get close, there's nothing. I think the scary thing is about this list is that every single piece can do something. It's not like a Rube Goldberg. It's just like if one of these ships does something, then it did its job. It, yeah. it not every single thing needs to trigger every single round for it to work. Um, the weak link, quote unquote, is Captain Seaworm. He's usually the one I lose first, but then false transponder codes recharges on Palab. And the and the cool thing is that if he's got his focus his focus stack, then he has no problem target locking to get that jam out there. Yep. So I just slapped together something really fun because uh, I don't care what anyone says. I love Patrick. Um, I'm just calling it bomb jank for now because you don't want Patrick in a list that's not focused around bombs. So in case anybody's unfamiliar, Patrick is you just um, any bomb you have locked. Uh, once it explodes, that opponent gains a, a strain token. So I have um, Patrick here with dorsal turret, R3 astromech, thermal detonators. Uh, so he has those two. He can he can work by himself if you need to. You can drop those thermals and then lock both of them with the R3 Astomech. And then once they go off, you take the roll damage and you take double strain. Which I thought was a neat little combo. After him, I got Captain Nim with Ion Cannon Turret, Seismic Charges, Proton Bombs. Uh, Cannon Jarus with Protector Cleb and Moldy Crow. A little coordinating, coordinating action there. And then I got Console Zuvio with Proximity Nines and Dead Man Switch. So I got I got some fun stuff happening with some bombs. Captain Nim can put a stop to any bomb from blowing up. Um, yeah, I thought it sounded really fun, and I wanted to put one of the new um, put a light on one of the new Y wings because he's definitely the one that kind of speaks to the meaning the most. Unfortunately, he's. Um, he has the tech slot instead of the mod slot, so you can't put um, delayed fuses on him. But that's all right. Yeah, he seems he seems super interesting. Um, I think potentially a touch uh, too expensive right now, but is such a natural fit with uh, with Nim uh, and really you know Nim Iman Zuvio like you have here. Um, uh, just like your kind of general, um, you know, bombing or device using ships, payload using ships. 
um, Patrick's just got such a great um, kind of synergy with those lists, obviously being, you know, um, bomb specific, I believe, makes him uh, really useful with Nim. Um, oh, so it is it is just device. So, yeah, I that's that's a uh, I, I think there's a there's a, a spot. My biggest issue with the the scum Y wings is just I think they're a little expensive for what they provide, and they're all just they're kind of scattered a little bit in what they do. But there's like R three is such a great fit with Patrick, um, and with yeah, thermals totally and all that's great. That's great. Yeah. No, I, I think I think Patrick's super interesting. The I five that can get a lock uh, is interesting, also, but not uh, not particularly compelling at the point cost and and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, no, I like it. I like it a lot, Pat. I like that you were you were able to put together a list that makes a lot of sense and doesn't have any real like uh, there's no like garbage like everything in there looks like it looks good and looks like it'll it does solid work like if you had enough points for say an ion cannon on Patrick um, that would be uh, like if if the points were a little different yeah I think that'd be great honestly. I really like that list. I think it could. I mean, we've seen Nim Zuvio uh, lists play pretty well recently, um, or like those lists that use those pieces. Kanan's obviously a very strong piece as well. Like we've seen those do well recently. So I think you could get a lot out of um, a lot out of you know what you call bomb jank. But I, I think there's there's something there for sure, especially. You know, like a like league night, league game type stuff. Um, I think I think that's really cool, and I like that. I like that you shine a light on Padrick because nobody's really talking about the Y wings, and I think that's um, too bad. I think there's you know there's some interesting stuff there. It's just not particularly compelling at their uh, at their points cost yet. Fortunately, they were kind of the people seem to be talking about them the least, for sure. Out of all of the the new ships that were kind of brought up, like uh, them and the B wings, I think kind of got um, shafted a little bit. But I mean, everything in the Empire pack is getting lots of love. The A wings are getting lots of love. The Hawks are getting tons of love. Just the the B wings and the Y wings. I don't know something about these eight hell ships that people just don't like. <laughs> I think it's the one green die. In a meta that's dominated like by swarms right now, or swarm like, yeah, having one die is like, oh, have everything shoot the ship, and it's probably gonna die this turn. I know. Whenever I fly Nim, he just he just disappears by the third round. You know. The nice thing with uh, the nice thing with with Patrick's ability here, though, is if you're able to get like thermals or protons off in that into a swarm like obviously you have to survive you know the initial engagement which may be challenging against some of those lists but if you're able to get to the point where you're using that ability that's going to pay big dividend dividends against some of these three agility ship three agility swarms that um, rely on uh, on that defensiveness uh, to remain in the game Uh, you may get a lot out of that 
by being able to to push those strains across. Or, you know, with thermals, you get double strains, and now you start to really see some, um, see it pay some dividends. But uh, the the challenge would be getting to the point where you're you're hitting people with bombs without losing one of these ships, which which would be pretty tough. Yeah, a little bit of practice flying this, but I guess once you got the hang of it, it does look like it. it there's some some fun here to be had for sure. Yeah, it's definitely not something that you know how to fly the first go around. I may have yeah, to steal this one and play it at some point. This is it. It looks it looks like a lot of fun to fl- fun to play. I always like when people slip a, a space tug in there. Those Audra jets. They I don't know. They don't get used often enough. I call them puddle jumpers. I don't know why. Um. But yeah, every single one of them being at 29 points is a steal. And I think a trap is a lot of people put too many points into Zuvio. And then he's almost at the 50-point range. And it's just too much for you're almost doubling the cost of the ship. I know he has a really good ability, but he's just still only 5 health. So you got to just be careful how many points you slap on there. It's it's really... it's always really tempting to put like a, a pattern analyzer but i would just stick with proxy mines and an illicit of some kind contraband is also really good that's my favorite yeah and there is one more uh list that i posted about um for the empire uh paul olson he was on the podcast a few episodes ago uh this is kind of a list I was scared to see kind of pop up as soon as an a third or another I six interceptor was announced. It's just um, Darth Vader fire control system afterburners, Cinder uh, Fellow with Predator and Stealth Device, and then Sienna Ray with outmaneuver. I think um, the I the the next I six interceptor, like it's no Centrifell, can't token stack or anything like that. But if you just keep her on the outskirts, um, take advantage of that outmaneuver. I think that it really adds a lot of punch. And this triple I six is scary. I think in the right hands, this can do some dirty things. The nice thing that you have here with the triple I six is choice. So you have the ability to manage Sienna Ree's shots to prevent the negative trigger potentially. And there's there's value like an I6 interceptor natively has value. And at 48 points, uh I think she's she's really good. Um again I6 interceptor you can manage who she's shooting, uh taking it you know take advantage of uh to your point Really, I mean, you're kind of trying to keep all three of them on the outside and get get your opponent to to split their fire a little bit. Um, but you've got three pretty good punchers here, and Santa Ree has the ability to um, to contribute a great deal at that at that points cost. So, I, I maybe I'm just an an optimist. I think Sienna is better than uh, you know everybody sees the negative part of the ability, but somehow stops seeing i6 and auto thrusters and so uh you know i think cn is uh still a good value 
there is an interesting conversation, not in this archetype, but there is an interesting conversation in some archetypes about whether you take Sienna or Gideon at the same points cost. But uh, this archetype is clearly, um, you know, the I six is what you're you're leveraging. Yeah, yeah. Three uh, dice attack, three dice defense. I six at forty eight points. That's awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking at first like her and Nash like they would be perfect in some kind of Sloan Swarm because you're losing your friendlies, you're double stressing your opponents, and then she's losing stress. But then I just look at it this uh, like Paul mentioned to me like he was looking at it this way like he did do an initiative kill with a lucky shot with Sienna and had a double stress. But if you're taking a ship off the table, then you're ahead of the game anyway. Right? So you just kind of go with the flow. If you get that extra stress, then it's not a huge deal, especially if there's a, a ship down on the other side. And really, all you have to do is get your 54 points of value out of her. And then you have two great endgame ships in your list already. So you don't need Sienna to stick around. You need Sienna to get 54 points because as you get deeper against most lists, as you get deeper into the game and your opponents start losing ships, you have more value in your remaining I6s. Like if you are at equal points or better later in the game, you're, you have the advantage because you're flying two great endgame ships. Um, at that point. So you don't need Sienna to stick around. You need Sienna to get 54 points or, you know, get her value or enable getting her value before she leaves the board. Um, and to your point, you know, getting yeah. a stress to take a ship off the board is probably not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and, and you are going to have most of the time board game knowledge because this does have a seven point bid. So it it is really nice to having those to beat those like 195s, 197s. And uh, you got those triple I6, seven point bid. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But yeah, those are, those were, um, I know I posted a few extra ones on there, but I wanted to make sure that we talked a lot about kind of everything that's available. Like even. I didn't expect to see Netrum up there, but Atreides has some ideas for him. And I think that 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 could actually work, especially in that uh, like a selfless kind of um, block. You just treat him like an I3 B-Wing that, oh, you can turn around if you want, after you do a barrel roll. Yeah, a little, a little slide, side-slipping B-Wing. Sort of. I'd have to see. I have to actually have to see it in action to see what direction he ends up facing. Is it just like pretty much a K turn, or is it more of a side slip? It sort of depends on where you go with them, because it's whatever you barrel roll. So you can you can do some weird things with it, um, depending on how how you're rolling and so if you turn water. barrel roll and then um, flip your sh- or turn your ship. Then it's like yeah. a side slip. Or wait, no, then it's more like a talon roll. But if you go straight bear roll and then turn, then it's like a side slip. Okay. 
I think I kind of get it. Yeah, but the the goal with um, this episode was just kind of see who kind of won the the three squadron packs here. Who kind of made it to the top? I think that we know a few, but there's some that I think that aren't getting played enough that are really good, or there maybe they are getting played. I'm just not seeing them on stream. But I, I definitely like to see more Sienna. Um, I like to see some more. I know it's not great right now, but maybe some more of this gun Y wing abilities. Uh, we're definitely getting our fair share of Hera and Ahsoka. I'd like to see some more Wedge. Um, I think Wedge is super good. Um, and I think we'll start seeing more play. Totally agree. And, uh, yeah, what else? And, yeah, I, I'm honestly not seeing that much Nash either, so it'd be love to, I'd love to see him a bit more. And we're definitely getting our fair share of new Scumhawks. Kanan seems to be uh, a fan favorite at the moment. That's a good ability, and he's got the Force point, or the uh, Force, uh, yeah, the Force. A lot of fun. Right. Is there, um, these were kind of my subjects that I kind of wanted to go over. Is there any other things that anybody kind of want to go over before we kind of close out? No. Uh, May tonight. 4th, Bad Batch coming out. Heck yes. Oh. Can't wait. Sure. I'm sure everybody already knew, but whatever. I thought I'd throw it in there. Tomorrow, new Thrawn book releases. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Ah, uh, yes. I'm so bad. I, I'm so sorry, but I'm like a quarter of the way through the first one still. <laughs> well, for, which okay, which first one? Uh, the new canon, the new Thrawn. Okay. Well, because there's like the new Thrawn three, which is Thrawn, Thrawn, um, alliances, uh, Thrawn, um, treason. Then there's another trilogy of Thrawn coming out that has is coming out. We have Thrawn Ascendancy, and this is Thrawn. The one coming out tomorrow is Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good. Chaos Rising. Yeah, my my wife got me the first two. So I have Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances. Okay. Um, and then I have to get the ones after that. I, I'm, like I was real so paper books? To, yeah. Uh, I was so used to audiobooks for a while, and then it took a, a while to get used to actually reading again. So I have got, to... I've got to get back into paper. Yeah. It's uh, I, I'm not nothing against audiobooks. Like I love them. Yeah, it's, it's so easy just to listen to them at work or to exactly. Or I, I got car. hooked on them when I used to drive trucks before I started at the university. And that's how I got through a few of these Star Wars books. Um, some of these ones I just wanted to I wanted to own physically. So, not that I'm pushing. Like I, I'm not the best reader. So it is. It's not as easy for me, but it's definitely uh, one of those things. And so yeah, everybody check out the new books. Uh, let's kind of go through some shoutouts. I got a couple. Do you? Um, do you guys have any? 
sure. I just uh, want to um, shout out you guys for having me on. I appreciate you uh, including me uh, on your on your podcast today and uh, having a good chat about about X Wing and really across the the small streaming community. Um, there's a lot of really great X-Wing content. Um, I will absolutely miss uh, some, but when you look at um, what Nickel City X-Wing, Candid Clarinetis, 312 Squadron, uh, just to name a, a few in the, the small streaming community, but um, there's a lot of yeah, great X-Wing had, content out there Sam right now. We last episode. Yeah, we so. had um, Greg on near the beginning of the show. But yeah, I'd love to have them on again. And of course, I'll have um, Nakalani uh, on at some point. I'd love that as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'd love to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit him up. And uh, I, I know I, I was talking to you about your latest uh, um, blog about the HMPs. And I was like, oh, I got to mention. Oh, that's so cool. And then we just kind of started chatting. And then I invited you on. That's kind of how these happen. So if anybody wants to get invited on, just start buttering me up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just or, you know, just use, ask. You, we're like you, we're basically like guest horrors. We 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 want everybody to come on. Anybody who wants to come on, just raise your hand. Luke will invite you in. Yeah, Sorry, just to uh, again, you know, use a list that one of the hosts of the podcast is uh, has has been using, and you know, write a blog about it and. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Good to I go. My name, I had my my gamer tag in the article, guys. Yeah. It was really heck cool. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. Thank. Shout out to X Wing Debrief and everything that you guys do there. Absolutely. Uh, I have a couple shout outs. There's um a video game that I've been playing recently that only costs a dollar American, a buck thirty Canadian, called Tori 3D. And it's a really fun 3D platformer. It only takes 20 minutes to beat. And I've been going back trying to beat my times and collecting all the stars and all that fun stuff. And it's a really fun, just random game. And I've spent $60 on a game that I've spent that I've spent less time on. So if you have a Switch or Steam or whatever, I would check it out. It's And on Switch, I, I got it for free because of the the gold points that you get from buying games. So it's been a lot of fun and it's nice just to play a casual platformer. Those are always fun. And actually be like more addicted to it than some other games that I've paid lots of money for. So yeah, I would check that out and um yeah. Those are kind of uh, my shout-outs. Thanks, X-Wing, uh, to X-Wing Debrief, and thanks to video games. Um, <laughs> I have one shout-out, um, kind of. If y'all like tabletop, any listeners, tabletop role-playing games and stuff, uh, I'm big into it, and my wife has a whole blog about it. Um, but a new one just released called Animon Story, which is a very cute, fun, it's an indie-developed one, where b- pretty much it's like you have a, Pokemon or Digimon partner. You play a kid in this world with his partner too. Fun. Uh, just got released last Friday by a really Excellent. nice creator. You can find it on uh, Ichigo. 
Cool. Okay. That's awesome. Something we play with our kids, and we're big into the education and kids playing tabletop role-playing games. So, something fun. Yeah, I can't wait till my youngins are old enough to beat me at X-Wing. Oh, that'll be like 15 years, man. Oh, they'll, they'll kick my ass when they're like 8 years old. Not if you're flying I mean, your you uh, to maintain dominance. <laughs> anyway, just give thanks. them uh, the double fire sprays and fly your HMPs, and it's like, yeah, this is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say this is what every matchup is like. Just get used to it. Anyway, thanks so much for coming on, Dan. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you tuned in live, if not, check us out. I got um, I got OBS running, so I have a little bit more control over what I do now instead of just Twitch Studio. Um, so that's, that's really fun. Maybe I can learn how to stream X-Wing games at some point. Or Justin Heck can yeah. run me through that. All right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's doing that. Streaming X-Wing games, that'd be new. I think people would like that. Something, so the something sarcasm new. there, guys. Feel free to laugh. Oh, I laughed. I was just muted. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for my ego. Don't worry about it. You guys can start with X-Wing Debrief, and then I'm sure they would recommend lots and lots of different streamers. There's usually something always happening. All right. Have a great night, everyone. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. That was fun. It was great having you. Very informative and articulate. Appreciate it. You guys were uh, were great to hang out with and chat X-Wing. Happy to come back <clears> on it, you know, whenever you guys want me and my work schedule supports it. <laughs>